Salutations once again for another episode of the Letters of Mark and Reprisal, a storytelling podcast for the Sea of Thieves. I'm Selkuth Rogue of the Xbox Live and Discord Club, the Brethren of the Coast. The Brethren are here to syndicate all qualified pirates, privateers, brigands, buccaneers, corsairs, smugglers, scoundrels, scallywags, and rogues under a banner of brotherhood. I bring more tales of mischief and shenanigans on this episode, with a focus on the cunning crews within the close-knit brethren. Hold fast for the sorted yarns we spin of thievery, treachery, and roguishly wayward nature of our encounters on the Sea of Thieves. Captain Box and I set sail for the first time with a recruit, Mr. Corexel. After some profitable and efficient order of souls voyaging in the roar to assist our greenest compatriots in his grind, we chanced upon a brigantine at the Hidden Springs Fortress. The fortress was active for the better part of an hour, as we made our rounds completing another legendary souls voyage around the wilds and shores of plenty regions. As we neared the Cannon Cove, making ready to begin our assault on the brigantine and skeleton crews at the fortress, the skull cloud all at once dissipated, signaling a ripe opportunity for us to initiate Mr. Crexel into the Brethren proper, with shenanigans. We'd come across a chest of sorrows, a rowboat, and a few kegs all on board. So while I scurried up to the nest for a cask, Mr. Crexel heaved the chest of sorrows into the dinghy, and Captain Box crept our ship around the west coast of the cove. I set off in the small rowboat with Mr. Crexel on the oars, and bade him to bear us by the rocky monoliths just east of the Kennen Cove to obscure our approach. After a few minutes, dusk falls, furthering our covert endeavor. We come up with a plan en route. Mr. Crexel will be the decoy, attempting to dock the rowboat onto the stern with the chest of sorrows, whilst I swim submerged with the hogshead towards their bow. All the while, the captain will be creeping in from the west behind the aforementioned monoliths. The plan nearly goes off without a hitch, but Mr. Crexel spies one scallywag make for their crow's nest with his own keg, which we presumed was the stronghold. I bid him to sight it as target and lay waste, but it was too early. His shot misses the mark, alerting the quarry to our presence, and they drop sail, making use of a windward escape bearing northwest. I came within twenty yards of their port side, and even dropped my keg in to swim fervently for their ladder, but to no avail. One of them sights my friendly parcel and lights it up with a shot, sending me to a, on a trip to see the ferryman. Mr. Crexel makes for the mermaid, and Captain Box opens our brig's stride. He comes round from the north end of the rocks, causing the enemy to falter and begin bearing east on a run. I arrive back from the ferry to meet the dawn, and just as I finish retacking the foresail, Mr. Crexel, the same with the main, the kraken alights the fleeing brigantine with an inky embrace. Drop the anchor! Drop now! bellows the captain. Rushing frantically for the anchor, a lag spike causes me to miss engaging the capstan. Anxiously, I pulled away from the bow and dropped the anchor with just mere inches separating us from the murk. Luckily, 
we swung around to a near-perfect broadside in, in time. Portside cannons were set to lighting up the brigantine with gusto, discharging more than a few cursed in a mundane cannonballs. All the while, the Kraken bore down on the poor vessel with equal zeal. We managed to plug at least a dozen shots into their hull, trashing their mainmast as well. The captain cannoned over to stall, but it was subsequently scarfed off deck by a large maw. Mr. Krexel and I set to ladders in defense of our ship from an occasional bordering brigand, and in short order, their vessel flounders. We are still on the edge of the ink, and there are two mermaids on our port side in the waters. The captain makes it back to the ship and conveys that he saw neither treasure nor key in their ship. He makes for the cannon and shoots to the nearby fortress to scout. There he discovers that the vault is solidly locked and its trove is still visible beneath the floorboards of the fort. I climb to the nest to survey the nearby sea for any glimpse of a possible fort key. The endeavor is fruitless. I bade Mr. Krexel to mine the ship, taking to the port cannon and catapulting myself straight upwards to get a better view from the air. I land in the water far off the port side, at about two hundred yards. Mr. Krexel, now alone, is frantically attempting to cover each ladder by his lonesome. One mermaid disappears, yet one remains. Mr. Krexel rebounds to the port side for a quick check of the ladder and one of the craven bastards makes the starboard ladder and deck. Mr. Krexel is subsequently dispatched by the sneaky interloper with a blunderbuss shot to the back. The greenhorn communicates his untimely fate while I am still at least one hundred yards from the port's ladder. In a short order, I see the figure of his assailant making for the mainmast, then to climbing the ladder where a spare keg lay in our crow's nest. No option was left before me. Either the mainmast came down, or the whole of the ship would flounder. The enemy was three-quarters up the mast, moving quickly, and so I aimed at the nest and fired. The shot flew over the nest as a swell pitched my aim just over the intended mark, and the scallywag plants his feet in the nest. He picks up the cask and moves to the ladder as I finish reloading my ebon pistol. Taking no liberty to set the pistol's iron sight, I let loose a single round. A hit marker appears, followed by a simultaneous report and a fiery blossom that envelop both the nest and intruder with a joyful conflagration. Captain Box is in the process of loading back with the assistance of a mermaid. Had he been a second early, he would have been toasted had the daft Dodgers' dastardly deed been seen through. Instead, he is able to spawn on deck and catch the halyard and pull back the mainmast in mid-fall. We sailed over to the hidden spring and spent a good ten minutes searching the entire island for the fort key. I finally found the cursed medallion resting on the north-northeast face on the bluff amongst the rocks. We left the island without taking the liberty of her trove. The time it took us to find her key and pillage the vault would give our opponents ample opportunity to re-engage us with our disadvantage. We set course for another ship nearby, a sloop whom we harried and sank, pillaging the flotsam for a few valuable baubles. We set for a nearby sanctuary outpost to cash in the meager hull and reskin our conspicuous ship's appearance for one of more mundane quality. 
Eventually, we made our way back to the Hidden Spring, and were greeted by another brace of mermaids off the southern cape. An overzealous maroon attempts to befriend us, convinced, trying to convince and persuade us to ally with his crew so they could avenge themselves for the wrongs visited upon them by some nefarious freebooters earlier. I wonder who it could have been. We played along for a while, misdirecting the sailor as to where we may have seen the offending brigantine in the area far to the south. As his back turned from us, and he communed with his crew upon the open air, we dispatched him with a blunderbuss, moving along in short order to also dispose of all the kegs on the island. Having set the stage for us to be unperturbed by any further disruptions, we set to enjoying the unfettered access at last to the trove within Hidden Spring. "'Twas myself and the brethren that went on the account aboard a galleon. A fine crew we had, with Captain Box, myself, Master Fuzzball, and Wild Meg Rosie. The crew is always efficient in both acquiring treasure and taking ships. In truth, we regularly do so with relish. I joined up midway through the session to replace another of our esteemed number, a captain in his own right, a player that goes by the handle Wolfie. The crew had a fair score aboard. All told, about 40,000 of assorted loot in total, neatly dispersed throughout the captain's cabin to avoid encouraging lag spikes and putting us at a disadvantage. We were near Kraken's Fall, and they had only just finished scavenging a shipwreck when the single-sailed silhouette of a solo sloop bore towards us. Our captain called for the anchor to be hoisted, and the aft sail set at a mid-trim. We obliged, with all hands outfitting for an engagement thereafter. Captain Box went to the nest for a friendly greeting package as well. The sloop's tattered sail rendered in, emblazoned with the Kraken's mark, and an alliance pennant fluttering atop the mainmast. The prow was set to bear off of our port side. With none at the helm, we very nearly strode past without incident. However, the Brethren of the Coast takes prizes at our leisure, especially ones who would meet us brazenly op on the open sea. I let fire a single shot, a cursed anchor ball, and it hits the mark on the sloop's port side ladder. Master Fuzzball and Captain Box bake for a boarding attempt and are met with success. Meanwhile, Wild May manages to land a brace of cannon shop on their top deck. Without hesitation, the pair board and dispatch the sole sailor on board. Wild Mag joins them with a storage crate, and they begin plundering his small trove. I maintain watch on our vessel, should our opponent respawn and decide to stow away on board. However, each time he returns he, on his deck, he is abruptly sent back, and so, with practiced efficiency, we unburden the vessel of everything on, of value on board, including the resources, and ignite the keg upon our their departure. The somewhat floundering ship at this point now succumbs to the waves before her crewman is able to respawn, and we sail off towards the horizon. We engage a few of the bottle message voyages that the crew has had in bulk, accumulating more and more treasure within another 15 to 20 minutes, when again the tattered sails of a kraken emblazoned sloop find us. He approaches and is subsequently sunk, prompting Master Fuzzball to use his hot mic function to jeer at this pesky pilferer who has come to engage us a second time. 
Now we have a substantial horde on board, amongst which is a skeleton fort hall and a stronghold keg in the crow's nest. Captain Box prudently decides to part with our deadlier cargo, and we cash in the deadly cask at the ancient spire's outpost ere it becomes our downfall. As we finish our errands, the sloop becomes visible again, and once again, we put it down, this time her pirate captain jumping overboard and manages to stay alive. Master Fuzzball commits to chiding once again over the hot mic, frivolously flaunting a stolen emerald plundered from the otherwise empty vessel. He even plays the part of braggart rubbing in the fact that we have a large trove aboard, daring the solo to come and see it. However, we came to realize that this sailor had no mic, as he kept plying us with the emote wheel to communicate. Captain Box gives the order to allow him quarter and let him on board, if only to see the value of our diligence. And he does just that. No move does he make to the crow's nest, where we have a keg cache. Nor did he try to swindle the swag or exact revenge for our repeated assaults. After a brief tour of our ship, he sets to our galley, cooking all the meats in our supplies barrel. Confident that this new crewman is neither foe nor threat, we make for the crow's nest fortress nearby, where the skull cloud loomed. At the direction of the captain, Master Fuzzball relays to the crewman that, should he be lost in battle, he should make for our position, and we would offer alliance as a means to, for recourse for our previous skirmishes. At one point he is actually downed by the skeletons, and he makes his way back to us on his sloop. An accord is struck, and we invite him into the party chap, where he explains through text that his mic is broken, but he is able to communicate still. It is after midnight in real life for many of us, and we have now been at it for many an hour. So we finish the fort and make again for the ancient spire to begin cashing in the hoard. There is so much on board that we give our ally leave to cash in whatever he can pick up to expedite the process the whole of the trove amounting more than a 100,000. After a time, only gems and fish are left, and the plan to log off is made after we turn in the meager trove at the sea post. Our ally, who we come to know now as Jarrett the Zombie, plans to continue his voyaging, so we oblige him by providing him with all of our reserve supplies. All told, there was about 400 cannonball, 20 or 30 cursed cannonball, nearly 200 plank, and a plethora of flute and domestic meat. All was loaded into three storage crates and deposited onto Jared's sloop. We set course for Stephen's spoil just west of Crook's Hollow to polish off our remaining wares. Upon arrival, a different sloop emerges from the east, also with tattered kraken sails. It's coming from Kraken's Fall, bearing west just north of Crook's Hollow. Now myself, I can't pass up the opportunity to have a bit of fun, especially so near the end of a session. So Master Fuzzball, Captain Box, and I cannon ourselves out in front of them to gain their ladder. We drop their anchor and come across a sizable horde downstairs after skirmishing with the crew. Wild Meg joins us, well after the anchor is dropped, and we set to pilfering everything from aboard onto their harpoon rowboats. 
Master Fuzzball discovers that the voyage they have done on the table is an Athena's voyage, and quickly discerns that they have two locations left, marked on the map, Kraken's Fall and Plunder Valley. The captain and Fuzzball stay behind to distract and tuck on the boat, respectively. Meanwhile, Wild Mag and I set off for a nearby plunder outpost, with the plunder safely aboard the poon boat. Being that our ship is bereft of supplies and moored at the sea post, we are content to abandon her. Captain Box ends up getting cut down by the now furious sloop crew. Fuzzball himself remains tucked, while myself and Meg get to the outpost, only to run into our ally who is also at the, at the post. He sets to helping us cash in the trove for another 20,000. Meanwhile, Master Fuzzball is dispatched from his hidey hole, and the sloop comes round the east side of the outpost. Our captain, who has been respawned on our ship, weighs the anchor and sets it adrift going west. He takes to our rowboat on board and makes for the outpost in his haste. The enemy sloop swings wide to the south, making a stop at Lookout Point briefly, and then tracks west towards Plunder Valley. Now the notion of this gets Master Vuzball very excited, since he knew they had come from Kraken's Fall where they were, and they're now headed towards the last remaining location on their map table. Stealing Athena's this late in the title is few and far between unless one happens across a crew at the Fort of the Damned, and is never an opportunity to pass up. The only problem is they are much closer to their destination than we are, and they are against the wind, making it difficult for us and our ally to overtake them. In an ironic twist, here comes our now manless galleon barreling westward just north of Stake Isle. Fuzzball and I both mermaid back to the ship and set tack for the Plunder Valley, hoping to catch the sloop unawares. Captain Box and Wild Meg stay with the sloop, who double back for Kraken's Fall, just in case. Fuzzball and I manage to get to Plunder Valley on the north side, and have the crew scuttle the ship to hide our whereabouts. We take refuge from a storm inside a cave, and inside we find a keg. Once the storm relents, I deposit the keg into a rowboat found nearby and begin rowing towards the east side of the island while the enemy sloop comes around from the southwest. The sloop, wary of the mermaid present in the waters around the island, discharges a pirate onto the island who sails down to a nearby sea post. I set the rowboat towards them with aim to board and sink, but she spied me and alights far to the north. I chase her up to the Wanderer's Refuge, where she circles back and heads to the Plunder Valley. I follow in slow pursuit as nighttime sets in, and then came the enemy's fatal mistake. They dig up the Athena's chest. All the while, Master Fuzzball has been spying the scallywag the whole time and sends him to the ferryman. He proceeds to finish digging up the chest and is engaged by the second sloop crewman, using the last of his shot to put them down as well. I manage to catch up to the sloop and dock the rowboat just as the pirate he first killed comes back from the ferry. He sees me but pays no mind and cannons himself to the shore to pursue Master Fuzzball in her rage. I set a cask from the, for in, from the water in a f the forward bulkhead 
with a primed fuse and make a dash towards the backside of the sloop. The keg explodes and begins to fill the ship. Once ashore, I am immediately accosted by a, an island spawn skeleton, amongst which was a keg skeleton. So I shoot his legs out from beneath him and collect his payload and begin the swim back to the sloop, which is now being repaired frantically by the respawn's second crewman. I lit and dropped the keg next to the mainmast, which must have alerted the crewman. Over the side I went as it conflagrated, and then back again up the ladder. As I came downstairs, the second crewman, now wise to my antics, proceeds to land a point-blank blunderbuss shot into my chest and sends me on a one-way ferry trip. Meanwhile, Master Fuzzball is contending with the, the Athena chest he absconded and the pursuing first pirate. He is able to cut the brigand down, relying on an, the ever-trusty cutlass to keep him at bay. However, without shot, he hides the chest in a concealed spot of a few dense bushes and proceeds to hide in another bushy patch nearby. Meanwhile, our allied sloop crew is sailing with haste towards Plunder Valley from Kraken's Fall. They encounter an unforgiving headwind and proceed to tack sail in irons to take advantage to the sloop's unusual capabilities. I arrive on the galleon at Mutineer Rock, between the Thieves' Haven and Devil's Ridge. Wild Meg mermaids back to the galleon, and I raise the anchor up in time for her to spawn in, and we set off to the plunder outpost with the same unforgiving headwind. Master Fuzzball, on the other hand, is the only just barely getting by, getting attacked by random island skeletons, and getting chased every now and again by a pirate crewman. Dangerously low on health, he is able to stay alive and guard the prize. The ally sloop makes landfall first, coming up from the east and bidding Master Fuzzball to make his escape. Captain Box joins back with us on the galleon to better assist us on reinforcing our comrade. The enemy sloop, who had seen our ally on approach, had circled northward around in patrol to ensure Master Fuzzball didn't try and swim off with the chest. They begin to bear down on the sloop, just as Fuzzball catches the ladder with the Athena's chest in tow. Here comes the three of us chugging in slowly on a close reach from the southeast. A call goes from the captain to go forth and raise the sail and slower approach so that we can allow Master Fuzzball to board along with the chest, giving the enemy a brief respite to attempt to gain, to gain the distance. However, we are the Brethren of the Coast, and with Captain Boxman in the helm, we bear towards the outpost. We meet them with our broadside port cannons firing several volleys into their bow. Their mainmast is laid low, and it gives us the moment we need to attack the sail for a dead run. Fuzzball remains behind to heckle the enemy crew. They spurn him and our crew, cursing in a most colorful way the hijinks with which we plied them, and quick the server. Fuzzball, satisfied with their salty surrender, reunited with the ally sloop now trailing our large vessel. With none to impede us, I snatched up the Athena's chest and proceeded mirthly to hand it over to the stranger at Plunder Outpost Tavern for an extra 5,000, which was shared across the alliance. 
to commend our new friend for his admiral persistence, bravery, and willingness to assist our, our endeavors despite being slain more than once by a superior crew, we provided him with an invitation to the brethren proper. All sailors have good reason to distrust friendly do-gooders on the Sea of Thebes. During one such session aboard a brigantine, my crew happened upon an unsuspecting band of brigantine players who had only just turned in their Ashen Athena's loot at Morrow's Peak. We approached them with the intent on purchasing their vessel with a fair trove of passive loot and message in a bottle treasure we had stashed aboard. The idea were to give up the loot to the crew whom we wished to make the purchase. They, in turn, ally with our crew, and they cash in what's traded. After it's done, one member leaves their crew, and a member from ours joins up on their free spots in order to maintain the vessel on the server. Sometimes we'll sweeten the deal for non-legends by supplying their new ship with an Athena voyage for the trouble of relocating servers. Anyhow, this particular crew was disinclined to acquiesce our request, and instead deigned to ask us to help them with the Fort of the Damned. Now, admittedly, we were gathering the flames necessary for the undertaking. We were in the roar for that very reason. They, however, offered very little recompense for said union. So it came about that Master Fuzzball, myself, and Captain Box consorted in private chat to swindle these lead swingers by running a fine rig on them. We set course for the fort, offering the usage of half a dozen ritual skulls we had compiled on our journey. We also bade our sister ship at the Alliance, manned by Captain Ghostform and his crew, to meet us hence. Each ship moored in a crescent aimed at the pier on the Fort of the Damned, in order to assault the Gold Hoarder with cannonade when he came to. Now I played the decoy, pretending to be the shifty pirate that needed to be chaperoned with a wary eye. I would sleep below deck and in the nest. When their crew were ashore, I would hide casks of powder betwixt the plank and barrel and brig. Next to the stove and near the cosmetics chests. Each, each hogshead was found and subsequently dispatched to the island for use against the skeletal minions. At one point, I was even caught camping the leeward port ladder, as no one had a mind to pay heed to that side of the ship. Once the ghost of Grey Marrow arose, so too the real shenanigans. Everyone save the lookouts for each ship and myself were ashore. Inconspicuously, I lowered the fore sail but a little, and being that our vessel bore a southern tack, we slowly drifted to the stern of our unsuspecting comrades-in-arms. When we neared position, I furled sail and signaled to Wild Meg Rosie to stand ready. After a few minutes of cannon fire from half a dozen cannons, the key was dropped. Immediately, Master Fuzzball began shouting that a rogue rowboat was seen bearing down from the northwest, coming up to the north face of the island. This kept the blighters busy for a few minutes, and frustrated them since they couldn't see the alleged interloper. They grew suspicious, one of them telling us to quit screwing around. When Master Fuzzball gave the signal, I don't know what you mean, I abruptly began a new private chat and set to cannons with Wild Meg. 
With perfect cohesion, Master Fuzzball hacked down the keyholder whilst Ma Captain Box and Ghost Form barraged them from Ghost's ship with a fully manned galleon. When Meg and Captain Box finally joined up in the new private chap, I dove over to the foundering brig to relieve them of their soul ritual skull, which we took for penance for not agreeing to sell us the ship, as well as recompense for the skull we had already parted with to employ the fort. Much salt was to be mined that day, as we essentially delegated the task of fighting the minions to them as we laid our trap with patience. Mindful as sailors should be when having dealings with the brethren of the coast, for we do not take kindly to being denied a ship, especially when pressed with handsome purchase. We will always take her one way or another. It is time again to draw to a close. Firstly, a few words for the listeners who come back to hear about our adventures. I would proudly like to announce that we are quickly coming up to 100 listens across podcast media platforms and have reached listeners from at least four continents across the globe. With that in mind, please forgive me for the leave of absence I made over the holiday season. The break allowed for me to backlog play sessions and gather a few stories from players willing to share their escapades. In this way, I have been able to garner enough for multiple episodes to be released in the future. Thank you for your patience and enthusiasm for the series. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate us and leave us some feedback on whichever platform you find the Letters of Mark and Reprisal. All stories are contributed works. If you are interested in sharing your own adventures of triumph or frustration, please contact Southcouth Rogue on Reddit, Discord, or Xbox Live. To any listeners who are also players on Sea of Thieves, the Brethren of the Coast is always taking active players. We are a cross-platform group who share a love for SOT and can show you how to successfully have and spread the Brethren's message of mischief and camaraderie in the game. Again, the contacts contact Selkuth Rogue on Discord, Reddit, or Xbox Live for details. That's S-E-L-C-O-U-T-H-R-O-G-U-E, with no spaces. This podcast has been published on the Anchor app with respects to Spotify for their library of music. The introduction shanty was Roving Jolly Roving Tar, performed by Nils Brown, Sean Dagger, David Tenervia, David Gossage, and Clayton Kennedy. Our ending song is Old Maui, as performed by the Dreadnoughts. All writing and production was done by Selkuth Rogue in association with the Brethren of the Coast. And last but not least, I'd like to thank all the named and unnamed players who we sank to make this happen. If it weren't for you, we'd have absolutely no stories to share. <laughs>